0: Unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today?
1: Nathan, I'm just fine. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic, and we had a little bit of trouble before the beginning of the episode. You're having a very sunny day today, it seems like.
1: Yeah, it's always sunny in San Francisco, except for 95% of the time when it's not. So, yeah. (laughs)
0: well for the video viewers we are having some sun issues but we got it figured out and we're ready to go and i am super excited about today's episode so i'm going to sit back for a moment let you introduce the very special guests that we've got lined up and uh, we'll go from there
1: yeah we have a very special guest so let's start with this whether you're running a business or running someone else's Facebook advertising for them, it always seems like there are a million things to keep track of as far as advertising is concerned, and no doubt about it, there are. But there are a few things that are truly make or break day in and day out. A few crucial things that will define the line between profitability and losing money. A few things that determine sale or no sale. In other words, a few things that matter a lot more than the others. Your co-host and our guest today, Nathan, Nathan Fraser, calls these two things advertising cheat codes. Now, don't get him wrong. The other things are important, too. But I'm going to say the difference is you can slip on the other things a little now and then, and they won't tank your business. But screw up regularly on these big things that we're going to talk about, and you could be in for some tough times ahead. Fortunately, once you know what these few, very important things are, you don't ever have to screw them up. Nathan's going to tell us about three of the most important advertising cheat codes today. And it seems like it was only yesterday when I last told you copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast, and most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you might want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Nathan, welcome to the Copywriters Podcast.
0: David, I'm so excited to be here long time listener first time caller and uh I'm excited for today's episode
1: so all right, you've got these um advertising cheat codes um do you wanna talk a little bit about before we dive right in? Could you talk a little bit about how you came up with them and did you see people start businesses and then you know tanking them over and over again or or is it just like people? working so hard and ending up at the end of the month with no profit? I mean, what was it that informed and inspired you to do this?
0: Two things. Number one, and we're going to actually talk about one of them today in this episode, just wanting to have fun. I feel like advertising and marketing, it's stressful. There's a lot on the line as a copywriter because you're getting paid based off of your results. And a lot of times we lose sight of how fun Advertising can be, how fun marketing can be, how creative and inspiring it can be. So I kind of wanted to have fun with my own advertising. And that was a big part of why I kind of went with like the video game cheat codes theme for these advertising cheat codes. And then the other thing is just as you get more mature in this industry, you start to notice recurring patterns, recurring themes of failing campaigns you start to see the same mistakes being made over and over again. And so I just wanted to kind of number 1 have fun with it, but number 2 deliver some really simple tweaks that people can make with their advertisings to have better results because because I felt like it was needed.
1: Okay. So, let's jump into them, shall we? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, your first one is called stick the landing. Now, the standard meaning of those words means to execute a perfect landing after an acrobatic move, especially in gymnastics, or more generally, to accomplish an impressive feat of any kind successfully. And I think your use of the phrase is not so far from that second definition to accomplish an impressive feat successfully, but it it does have a very specific meaning when it comes to advertising why don't you talk why don't we both talk about this but you start well
0: we had bond halbert on a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about sometimes he'll start with the end of the sales pitch he'll start with that while he has the energy while he has the mental capacity because a lot of times by the time we get to the end of a sales piece where we're going to write the final call to action. We're mentally drained, we're exhausted, it's been a long process, and it starts to show. We get lazy, but that's the most important part of the sales letter. People say, the headline's the most important part of the sales letter, which, I mean, there's merit to that, but if you don't have a good call to action, the whole sales letter was a waste, and so he talks about starting there and making sure that you're writing there with a lot of energy. I've noticed a lot of times people get weak. They don't know how to transition into the sales pitch very well, the call to action very well. If they do transition into it, they start using uh, weasel words. They start selling from the heel. They start saying things like, this might work for you or give it a try and see how it works. They start conveying a lack of confidence and that shines through to the reader. So... I really liked Bond's advice, which was start with the end in mind. Start by writing your sales pitch or your call to action first. I don't always follow that advice, but I do always give extra scrutiny to the call to action to make sure that it's just as strong as the rest of the sales letter.
1: Well, didn't legendary football coach Vince Lombardi say fatigue makes wimpy copywriters of us all? No, actually, he didn't say that. He said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. But it's not just fear. It's like you're lacking that life force, that momentum and intention when you're tired. And so I I think that's a great idea. I mean, I don't think you have to do it first, but I, I think the spirit of what you're saying is, and, and what Bond's saying is, you need to do it when you've got all of your attention and energy and internal forces aligned and focused. and yeah let's talk about is the headline more important or is the closing more important well in a way the headline is more important because if it's not a good headline they won't read it but you can't overextend that past getting them to start to read it because the headline's not going to close the sale the headline's not going to deliver the money the headline's not going to keep you in business The headline's gonna get your copy start to be read. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's like two paths in the woods. One, your copy gets read. One, you go bankrupt. Which one do you want? (laughs) You know, so you want your copy to get read. But no. So, what are some of the ways people don't stick the landing? What are some of the ways people screw this up?
0: The biggest one that I see is the transition. And you actually did an episode. Way back when we first started the podcast on transitions, and I think that's one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned from doing this podcast with you was knowing how to do the transition. You're going from a story to talking about all the benefits to talking about how your life's going to be improved, and then you have to ask someone for money. And bragging is really easy to do and telling stories is really easy to do, but asking people for money is not always that easy to do. And so if you don't have a smooth transition from one step to the next, it kind of causes a a speed bump in the sales copy and it can throw a lot of people off. So the transition knowing how to nail that transition is really important. And we do have episodes about that in the catalog of copywriters podcast. So go back and check those out. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, You can go back and there's a little hamburger menu up there. And then you just click on that and just type in transition or transitions. Right. And -hmm. and the shows will come up on copywriterspodcast.com.
0: And then the other key is, I I hinted at this earlier, but the other key is don't show a lack of confidence. What people are really buying from you is confidence. They have a problem. They're not confident that they can solve it themselves. So they're looking for someone else who can help them solve it. If they get to the end of your sales letter and they start to detect that you're also not confident, they're going to pass and they're going to find the person who is confident. So you want to make sure that as you're reading through your call to action, you're not giving away any clues that you're not confident in your solution.
1: That's really good. You know, I I also add add the obvious. I, I'm going to tell you a story. A friend of mine, client of mine, met a guy. I'm, I'm hoping he won't kill me when he finds out I told this story. I don't think it's that confidential or anything. Um, he told me in Manhattan, in New York, he met this guy who was like, and this was like a long time ago, like 40, 50 years ago maybe, but he met this old school guy who was a great salesman, greatest salesman he ever met. And the, the guy, he, he said the guy, and my friend is a great salesman. And he's also always interested in learning more about sales. And certainly was when he was much younger, too. And so he said, so what's the secret of sales? And, and the old guy, you know, the way some old guys do said, well, there's just one secret of sales. And that is, if you can close the sale by saying boo, then don't say boo, boo. (laughs) And I think that's good when you're face to face with the person that, you know, we call it buying it back when you keep selling after you've closed. But in copy, it's a little different. It's not like. You just sort of casually remind you, oh, in case you're interested, click here, and that's the order page. No, because you don't have that feedback and and that rapport and that one-on-one live in real-time interaction. So you need to be a little more assertive and a little less worried about saying boo-boo. You need to be willing and able to ask for the order clearly and, as you say, confidently More than one time, multiple calls to action. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people who don't execute this well, even once, much less multiple times. So if you can get past that, it's going to make a big difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And when I'm doing copy critiques, that's one of the most common things that I notice right away sticks out like a sore thumb is they don't, they can't even get the boo out. They're not confident to do the boo. So yeah, it's important. Stick the landing.
1: Stick the landing. Okay, that's cheat code number one. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this on Facebook I've gotten pictures posted from around the world, pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in LA's famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself, or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000-a-head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now back to the show. Let's talk about your second cheat code, standout advertising. So if you have a wild imagination like I do, you might be picturing a guy walking up and down the sidewalk wearing a huge sandwich board, you know, standing outside on the sidewalk, advertising something. Each side is a placard, almost as tall as a guy in yourself. And that might fit in your overall definition, but I don't think that's what you mean by standout advertising. So is it, and what do you mean?
0: For this one, there's two trends I see in advertising that are just driving me insane right now. Number one is ads that look like ads. And a lot of advertisers are like, well, this is the way an ad is supposed to look. So they... Come up with the creative and it's got the 50% off with the big starburst behind it. And they say, Well, that's how ads look. And yes, that's how ads look. But human beings are used to seeing ads like that and they go ad blind. And so after they've seen 50 of them, they don't pay attention to them anymore. And so having an ad that looks like an ad is just a really bad tactic. So finding ways to make your ads grab attention pattern interrupt, look differently, look not like ads. A lot of my advertising now is partial content advertising where it looks like a piece of content and then it turns into an ad or then it turns into a lead generation campaign. The other thing is ads that are too safe. Nowadays, a lot of ads are written by committee. You've got four or five people all working together on an ad campaign. And then you've got somebody overseeing it and you've got a person there to make sure that group X isn't offended by your advertising. And another person there to make sure that group Y feels represented by your advertising. And you were
1: wondering why I was puffing up my cheeks. I was trying not to throw up in my mouth as you were talking about that
0: yeah so you've got you've got uh, what I call this is copywriting by committee, and a lot of that goes on and the result is very safe, very politically correct, very corporate advertising and again, if you 've got a war chest for your advertising campaign like Kraft or Nike does, you might be able to get away with that, but for most of us that are out there in the trenches advertising we can't have these boring, politically correct, sanitized corporate advertisements. They're just not going to, they don't do anything. They don't speak to people and they don't stand out. So a lot of times in my advertising, I go the opposite. I'm like, Hey, how can we stand out? How can we make sure that when people see this ad, they don't, automatically go ad blind to it and they don't say, Oh, I've heard this message or, uh, this is boring. I'm just going to keep scrolling. I want to have ads that are going to grab people's attention, either be humorous or entertaining or make them feel educated, but do something for people that doesn't immediately turn them off. Like the very safe, boring advertisements do, or the, I've seen this ad a thousand times advertisements do.
1: Okay, but you're not saying that um, the opposite of boring and safe and politically correct is something so edgy that it's likely to get you canceled and kicked off of Facebook, right? You're saying provocative, maybe a little edgy, but definitely different, but probably within the realms of you'll live to advertise another day on facebook
0: yeah my best example of this is the squatty potty commercials i'm sure you remember those where it had the unicorn and he was pooping out rainbow colored poop and it was a commercial for how to uh, a product that helped you have better posture while you were pooping there was no way anybody who saw that commercial as they were scrolling through facebook or youtube wasn't able to stop and finish watching it. You, it grabbed your attention and you had, and it wasn't offensive, but it was shocking and it was definitely not safe. It definitely didn't care if a couple of people who saw it got offended.
1: You know, you know first of all, it doesn't bother me, but just to give you a little comparison, I grew up in the fifties when on TV shows, married couples slept in separate beds. So there was no hint that they would be doing anything naughty. So sometimes just a little bit
0: of a shock to grab people's attention and be like, Whoa, what is this? This is not what I was expecting. It doesn't have to be offensive. It doesn't have to be hateful or divis- divisive, but it does got to grab their attention. A large part of advertising is grabbing attention. And so many ads now are afraid to grab people's attention. So
1: yeah, you got to stand I th- out. I think, I think societally we're in a period where, a lot of people are walking on eggshells in all of their communications. And I'm just going to say it is what it is. But for an advertiser, it's really a golden opportunity if you can thread the needle the way you're talking about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the the, the takeaway from it is... Remember that people are used to seeing advertisements, they're blind to most advertisements, and so they're going to just scroll past it if it looks like an advertisement. And boring, safe, cleansed, sanitized advertising, that doesn't inspire action. Boring doesn't inspire action, so... At the very least, spice it up with a little bit of shock value, creativity. Humor works good if you are able to tap into that. But just make sure that it doesn't look like an ad and it doesn't bore people to death.
1: Agree. All right. So thank you for that. That's good. Let's talk about your third cheat code, which sounds a little salacious to me. Big, beautiful back ends. Now, I'd like everyone to put their mind out of the gutter because Nathan is talking about something other than what you're thinking of right now. But what's important about all of this, I think has to do with two things. Maybe I should let you say this, but I've started, so I'm going to finish it. It's about how much it costs you as a business or as the copywriter to acquire a customer and how well you determine the long-term lifetime value of that customer, what does that have to do with a big, beautiful back end? Well,
0: first of all, big, beautiful back ends is an example of what we were just talking about. It's, It's only thrown in there to grab people's attention and pull them back into what I'm trying to teach. So I'm glad that you picked it out and it stood out to you. It is an example of standout advertising, but you're right. A lot of times we spend all of our time and money On bringing new customers in. And once they're in, we forget about them and go back out and advertise to bring more new customers in. But we're missing a golden opportunity. And there's two parts of human psychology that I want to focus on. Number one, people want to have a sense of confidence that they made the right decision. If somebody buys a place if a guy goes out and buys a PlayStation five, he's going to be quick to call his best friend and be like, yo, I just got a new PlayStation five because he knows his best friend is going to be like, that's awesome. You made a great decision, but he's probably not going to call his girlfriend and be like, yo, I just bought a new PlayStation five. Cause he knows she's going to be like, yo, you're a bum. Aren't you supposed to be out looking for a job? What are you doing? Buying a video game? So, What we do as human beings is after we make a decision, we look for a way to reaffirm that we made the right decision. And as an advertiser, the easiest way that we can make that possible is say, hey, make that same decision again. You just bought this supplement. Why not buy two more of the same supplement? And what that does is that gives... That gives us as the buyer the opportunity to reaffirm that we made the right decision. If we made the right decision the first time, now we can make that same decision again and affirm that we made the right decision.
1: Yeah, let me just say that's a great way to look at it. I never thought of of upsells or when you're doing a larger quantity, I don't know if that's literally an upsell. I think of an upsell as a separate item, but yeah, selling a, a larger order because that'll help the person confirm their decisions great way to look at it and it's all part of the big beautiful back end yeah Mm -hmm.
0: so that is coupling the other back end marketing that i like to do is complementary sales or continuity sales so i do coupling i do complementary and i do continuity. So coupling is buying more of what you just bought. Complimentary is like, hey, if you bought the pencil, maybe you want the pen. And then continuity is, hey, you bought the razor, why not buy a subscription so that you get new razor heads sent to you every month? So those are the three most effective, depending on which type of business you're in. Either sell somebody more of what they just bought, sell them something that complements what they just bought, or sell them a package where they get a renewal of what they bought month after month.
1: Good. When you do that, it's like cash on autopilot, right? It's a continuity program. And yet your your customer feels real good about it because it's one less action they have to take, one less decision. Yeah, that's what I really like about I mean, I love the idea of, of a back end, but I, I really like the way you framed it so that whether everybody wins or not is always a um big philosophical question. But but everybody feels good. And that's I think that's important for a transaction or for a event to to continue. I really like that.
0: And it's also just making life easier for people. If you have something that they would naturally be buying once a month or once every other month anyways, just saying, hey, let us take the stress off of that. You don't even have to worry about it. Just set up an an account with us and we'll send you a new one every month or we'll send you a new one every two weeks or whatever the case may be. If you look at it as... I'm not trying to milk my customer for everything they're worth. I'm just trying to make it easier for them to get the things that they want in life. It makes it a lot easier for you as the advertiser or the copywriter to write copy so that I guess it's just a mindset shift or a framing shift, but you're not trying to squeeze the customer for everything that you can. You're just trying to make their easing, their buying decision easier for them.
1: That's really good. So let's see what Would you review the the three advertising cheat codes that that we've gone through today?
0: Yeah, so it's hard to put an order of importance on these, but sticking the landing is so important. Making sure that you're selling with confidence all the way through the sales letter. Standout advertising, make sure that your ad doesn't get lost in all the noise out there. Make sure that you can grab attention and you don't fall victim of ad blindness or ad boringness. And then big, beautiful back ends, which I'm a big fan of in all aspects of life. (laughs) And uh, that's just making sure that you don't spend a bunch of money to buy a customer and then only utilize it on one purchase. Make sure that you're offering them more opportunities to spend money with you.
1: Okay, now I know that you have more of these and people can get them for free if they go to a certain website. Is that right, Nathan?
0: Yeah, so this is one of five, and I think there's actually a bonus one there, and I'm adding to this as we go. I created a little mini training called Advertising Cheat Codes, and you can go to advertisingcheatcodes.com and get them there. And as I'm coming up with new ones, as I find new cheat codes in my own uh, marketing endeavors, I'm adding them to this. So there's five or six of them right now. There's going to be more as I add on to this, but yeah, you can go get them for free over at advertisingcheatcodes.com.
1: Awesome. Thank you for that. You were a great guest. Would you <laughs> consider, um, co-hosting this thing with me?
0: Yeah, I was really nervous. I hope I did. All right.
1: Yeah. You passed the audition
0: all right awesome david thank you so much for giving me a chance to plug my own stuff this week i really appreciate it and uh i had fun doing it so thanks for the opportunity and if you do get value out of advertising cheat codes and you got value out of this episode make sure that you're subscribed to the copywriters podcast so that you never miss an episode in the future and the best place to find the podcast david
1: it's at copywriterspodcast.com. All
0: right. And until next time, man, we will catch you later. See
1: you later. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app so we can get into ears of more listeners. Thank you. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.